0: nerds and nerdettes welcome to 30 and nerdy podcast and i'm joy and it's been too long since these guests have have been on the show we are with the writers directors and cast of the upcoming horror movie feed me why don't we go around the roo- room here starting with you rich and introduce yourselves and what you did in the movie
1: my name is richard oaks i was the co-director um dop on feed me
2: uh my name is Neil Ward and I played Lionel Flack in the upcoming movie Feed
3: Me. Uh, my name's Adam Leader and I'm the writer and co-director of Feed Me.
4: And I'm Samantha Luxley and I play Olivia in Feed Me.
0: All right all right first first things first for Neil uh, <laughs> Where did you? <laughs> Where did you go for this performance? Because because after watching it a couple of times, my first thoughts were, holy shit. Uh, I mean, hosts was was fantastic and, and one of my favorite horror movies of that that year. But this 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 performance, man, I mean, you had to go dark and hungry. So what did you tap into to to become Lionel the Cannibal?
2: Uh I mean I pretty much probably a couple of points in that film went to hell and back with the guidance of <laughs> the boys there uh making sure I didn't go too far over the edge but no there's there was um a bit more preparation obviously with with hosts the the character was pretty much straightforward I mean me and Sam had to sit around and have a a uh, very naturalistic conversation for twenty minutes, and then after that, we hardly say anything, and anything we do say is pretty much sort of monologgy, or just directed at people rather than conversational based. So this time around, with with the the story the guys came up with in the script that um, Adam had penned, it was a hell of a lot more um, uh, character study based uh, for me. Um, I mean, I kind of didn't go too far into like I don't do method as a standard uh, practice it just doesn't work for me um but with this I kind of wanted to to adapt something enough that it was sort of an accent that was believable but not massively believable it didn't have to be perfect it was a uh, something that uh, a mentally challenged person has uh, created um so it was it, it kind of became more than what it originally started out as uh on paper the the film is very very it reads very serious so I approached it very serious I approached it with like and I'm a little bit not sick of this phrase but I approached it with like a Tommy Lee Jones Josh Brolin John burnthal kind of approach of like just a, a very intimidating guy that is very manipulative and then it just ended up on the first or second day when we're trying to film something with a laptop and we're all just in absolute hysterics because of like just certain things and popcorn all over the set that sort of transitioned it into like a Eugene from the walking dead and a foghorn leghorn and a, and a Beetlejuice kind of thing, which, which kind of stuck and, and, and kind of really worked with what we did. But the, the deeper meaningful scenes in this film, because Lionel Flack is a a real person um, with real issues. I did go to a couple of places that were quite hard to get to, um, or just quite hard to come out of. Uh, I usually snap in and snap out. And um, for those I won't give away which the scenes are, but kitchen scene and um, the end scene. I did go with the help of one of Adam's band songs, which is one of my favourite songs to to get me into a sort of zone. Uh, and then Adam <laughs> used to pop over and whisper like. Just imagine your ex girlfriend and all the shit she put you through, and like, just really put me in a really shit position, uh, filled with with hatred and and sadness. Mm -hmm. Um, So so, yeah, I went, I went quite far. I I went far somewhere. Yeah, wherever I went. (laughs) Yeah,
0: Adam, where did this story come from?
3: Um, Well, (laughs) it it was something that had kind of just been like I, I watch a lot of like serial killer. Psychology mm-hmm. documentaries, I love them, man. And um, there was one story that had kind of floated, that had been in my head for a while about Armin Mews, the the guy that you know ate someone and made him sign a contract. And I was chatting about it with Rich one day, and with uh, me, Rich and Neil were together, and I floated the idea about, it and we all liked it and stuff. So that's kind of how it it developed. I mean, it's no, it's nothing, nothing in this film is based on it, besides the fact that it's inspired by someone willingly lets a cannibal eat them kind of thing so it, it just went from there man and and rich and i we we sat down and spent several nights together at his just brainstorming this story from start to finish and we, we we just wrote everything out scene by scene of how we wanted to see it and then i took that away and used it as my map to to pen the screenplay um and 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 yeah and then the rest the rest followed but that's yeah that's kind of how it how the seed was was uh how the seed germinated, so to speak. That's so
1: organic. <laughs> yeah, that's
3: organic.
0: <laughs> Rich, you're the you're the director of photography on this as 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 you were also in hosts. Uh, what was something in this movie that was a little bit? I would imagine with all the you know no this isn't much of a spoiler, all the blood that's involved and and carnage that ensues. Was this a little bit more difficult to do than
1: hosts? Well, it's hard to remember, you know, and you kind of have rose tinted glasses of previous shoots and stuff, but I feel like production wise, it was actually easier. I don't know if anyone else agrees with that. I feel like the setups and the, the figuring out how to do stuff practically in that seemed to flow easier than, than it did on hosts. There was a, less of the kind of, stunts like in host it was like how do we get down from the attic and then she's in a chair and then how does she get out of being tied up and lots of kind of stuff to figure out whereas in this it's just he does that like and so there wasn't as much to figure out so I think that went easier the thing that was hard was the continuity <clears throat> we made a couple of mistakes on the continuity that we had to reshoot because we shot this film out of order we had to imagine how much blood they would get on them for a later Mm -hmm. scene and because we're filming a later scene before the actual event of them getting blood on them we're like we have to guess how messy this is going to get when we shoot the actual event so there's a couple of times like that when we were like right they actually got more bloody than we anticipated or less and so that was probably the main difficulties with that um other than Creating the environment that was hard, and but more in a just a lot of work that was to to create the set, um, which was all hand painted by myself, Neil, and uh, Adam. Wow, Samantha,
0: you—I w- I was very vocal uh, over hosts. I was like, you just blew me away, and I think that was I said, such a
4: fun character. Yeah. Playing Lucy was—I mean, it's horrible, but it was great.
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> So what's what's something that was maybe a little more challenging or a little less challenging about this part because um, yeah
4: it's a, it's a lot more serious I think um like the the sort of the content of my character's arc um mm-hmm. and um I'll, I'll try not to like say anything to do with spoilers because I don't want to be that person um, but yeah and obviously it's, it's very um, it's it's quite somber and, and quite sad. Um, her my my character is married to Jed, um, the the lead who plays opposite Neil and uh, sorry as Lionel, um, and it's a, it's really sad to see two people. That she's a really lovely character. So is Jed, but their relationship is really going south, and it's it's really sad to well see it, but then also to explore it. And um, Chris Mulvin, who plays uh, my on-screen husband. Um, he and I are actually good friends, so it's doing it really, all this really sad stuff together. So yeah, that was completely different um, from hosts. Uh, like, a, like a good challenge and the topics that it, it covers, um, they're tricky. So it's, you, you, you know, you got to get it right. Um, but yeah, it is, and it was really great working with Chris on that as well, because my character informs a lot of what he does throughout the film. So mm-hmm. um, even though my, my part is quite small in this film, she's significant and... Um, you know, she she plays her part in in sort of the whole story without really being there too much, well, it's, without it's, giving out any spoilers.
0: <laughs> yes, yes, it's uh, you know uh, along that line. It's it's very real. This is what her arc is 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 something that pe- thousands and thousands of people fight with daily. Yeah. So,
4: yeah, I, I would we, I would imagine knows that's a challenge. Or has has had aspects of it themselves. So that was um, you know it resonated very truthfully with mm-hmm. me. So in that sense, so I didn't have to do much research. I just had to do it on camera,
0: <laughs> which which is organic. Which is the
4: so organic, the,
0: yeah. The the word <laughs> of this episode,
4: yeah.
0: <laughs> Neil, one of the um, taglines in the trailer for it is uh, a, a, a a Ted lasso <laughs> with yeah. uh, with I can't remember what the tagline said. So w- was that a go to in the beginning or did that just kind of
2: not at all i mean uh, i completely understand where everybody's coming from but literally i think we'd we'd wrapped and i think um rich and adam had got through about two-thirds of the edit because they were sort of co-editing as well so they were doing a a scene after each other and 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 whatnot um and then we were sending them over to ed Paul in la who's our la producer um and he was like, Neil, you kind of remind me of somebody. And I was like, who's that then? And he went, Ted Lasso, you heard of him? And I was like, no, who the who the fuck is Ted Lasso? So I Googled instantly and went, oh, for fuck's sake. Oh. <laughs> um, it, not, it just came out of nowhere. I mean, the, the glasses are, are a typical... Um, when you're going down a cannibal route, a very iconic one at the moment and and of, of all time is dharma. So mm-hmm. the glasses are a direct copy of of, of Dharma, that, that sort of creepy glasses wearing kind of blondish haired person and then the mustache is what dharma had but mine just sort of appeared a bit darker and i didn't i haven't got uh apple tv um or anything like that so I, we hadn't heard of it i thought it was an american thing but apparently it's a british thing or it's an american set in in britain yeah and i can honestly say i've not seen one episode of it but jason sudeckis is, is uh is is a very talented individual so to be compared to him is a good thing but um if he's listening, uh, I did not in any way, shape or form plagiarize your character. It was just extremely coincidental that my really bad impersonation of Foghorn, Leghorn slash whatever came across kind of like him. But uh it was it literally was just an amalgamation of, of the accent work I'd done and how I knew to sort of just give a, a good generic Southern with what the character became, which was this. oh, oh, oh. <laughs> They all just sort of organically uh, came from each scene as we were going along and where we started was sort of slightly near um, mm-hmm. the beginning, which is actually with scenes that aren't in the, fi- the final film. But yeah, um, Ted Lasso he's um, becoming the bane of my life at the moment. There was a whole thread upon Twitter with about 80, 100 responses to someone going, is this Jason? When did he do this film? How's he had time to do this? And it was like... jeez it's not it's not him and i was just going hello it's me and they were like it's a guy called neil ward look (laughs) (laughs) yep it's me
0: i didn't uh... so yeah the accent work is fantastic because you you. just did a an la producer (laughs) on on a whim just now and then you switched into lionel and you're neil and then you know a little bit of a different british voice and hosts yeah Uh, so how, how long have you have you done accent
2: work i kind of never really have this is the first time i actually put a bit of effort in um and that sounds awful it's not like a, well, i've never really had to do any other accents um so but as a kid i used to i was i'm a very good mimic so if you give me five minutes i'll copy somebody and copy their uh phrase or sentence or I used to copy a lot of like uh, jim carrey as a kid and um a lot of british stars like rick Mail and uh black adam and A um rowan atkinson and people like that, so i could copy very big characters and i always found like a southern accent an easy go-to because the vowel sounds are a lot more playful like la i completely struggle with even though that's ed i've just tried to copy what i know ed's voice as earlier but to to do a generic la i had to do a tape for um, uh, an american film last week and i'm terrible with general american and even Rich said to me when we were doing this, he was like, hmm, I've not really seen you do a convincing American yet. Like I can I can do other other bits. And then I went, Right, well I'll prove this wrong and and went away and came back and still did it bad. So <laughs>
1: <laughs> Oh dear.
2: But yeah. No, I enjoy it. Yeah, I enjoy copying and, and and but not copying, uh what's the word like taken from i mean everyone's got idols and even with bands you have yep. favorite favorite bands and uh, your band becomes like a small product of of that because it's your influence what you like so yeah it was fun i did three three sessions 45 minute sessions with a guy just to, to get the vowel sounds and then after that i just play with it it's that r the you americans say r's we just drop yeah.
0: that r.
2: Yeah, but, we're
0: yeah. very uh we're very piratey in that aspect our the r's Rich, I'm going to ask the same question to, to both you and Adam. Um, directing this, what were some things that maybe you came out of this experience as compared to others, lessons you've learned in directing that you'll take into future projects?
1: I think it's always the same answer is we just need more time. We always run out of time. and. Uh end up going much later than we wanted to and bless the cast and crew like we every day when it kind of got to the the normal hour that you'd finished we said right like the clock stopped if you want to carry on we, we can and everyone was just like let's do it let's carry on and like and we're massively appreciated of that because we were on a time scale. we only had i think five or six days to get all of the house stuff done because it was going up for sale literally two days after we finished wrapped and we had to reset it back to normal whoa so it was a crazy rush um we kind of didn't have the luxury of time and me and adam do like to try and get it right and so we we don't like to move on from a scene until we're happy which sounds logical um but sometimes that puts us a bit behind time and there was some stuff we didn't account for like we had all the Uh, the film production and the monitors and uh, the catering and stuff set up in the kitchen while we were shooting in the lounge and then we had to swap everything over to shoot in the kitchen but we didn't allocate the time to do that which took three quarters of a day to actually swap that over and we were like right we're down three quarters of a day now how do we catch this up and yeah, so there's a lot of stress on that, but so time is always the thing that I think each film we're like, let's allocate a bit more time this time, and I don't know if it'll ever be enough. <laughs> so, but yeah.
0: Adam, same question.
3: I yeah, I mean, I I think Rich hits the nail on the head there, um, as Sam did in hosts, but um, <laughs> uh, but I, I think he hits the nail on the head, man. Like, cause like. Yeah, for sure. Time, more time to do it. But being independent filmmakers, you know, we're, we're making we're making shit on, on very, very low budgets and, you know, everything yeah. is kind of a beg, borrow, steal situation. But I think in terms of time, I, I think prep time, if we can't get more shooting time, like during the production, I think more more prep time for pre-production is is amazing. And I guess you kind of need a little bit more money for that because we we're also producers on this so we were all doing you know not only the set design stuff and all that all that stuff that that comes with it there was the whole producer side of things that we were all looking over and doing and organizing and stuff and and i guess it if anything it would have been amazing for us to have more time with the actors to you know to do rehearsals and to talk to the actors about the vision and all that and also to for us to be able to sit down and look at the shots we want to do and 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 all that kind of stuff and how we want to do it so but again, that all comes under the umbrella of time. So more time, um, you know, so I, I guess the solution to that is to hopefully hopefully move into to even slightly bigger budgets than this would be would be a, a blessing uh, on the Sorry, I won't say on the subject of, of cannibals we were talking about before or well, what we are talking about with this film. Did you hear about the. Um, Like recently, some dude in—I want to say Michigan, but it might be a different state—has just been arrested because he he murdered and ate a guy called Kevin Bacon. (laughs) And I'm so tempted to go on Twitter and uh, RIP Kevin
0: Bacon. Um, you please do. It's so bad. Even if
3: it's in the spirit of marketing your
1: film.
0: (laughs) I think I I was thinking we should do.
1: I was thinking we should do Feed Me Two, starring Kevin Bacon and do it based on that story, but it's actual <laughs> Kevin Bacon.
2: I will fight. How Kevin amazing Bacon. would that be to
1: get Kevin Bacon the star in that? <laughs> oh, uh,
3: yeah. Kevin Bacon yeah. gets eaten by Lionel Clark. And brilliant. he
4: gets a foot loose. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Here it is. But yes, oh. time, time, mate. Like Rich said it, and then uh, I've just reiterated it really. It's time that is the the key, the key, the key thing.
0: Samantha you have finally arrived as an actress uh, in the aspect of you got your Instagram hacked. Um, <laughs> which, which, you know, what, what was that like?
4: Well, at first, I was quite um, firstly, I, I don't really post that often. And it's normally about stuff which I think is funny. And then two days later, I'm cringing at myself. I think a lot of us do that. But I was just amazed that loads of people sort of actually saw it because i didn't think anybody watched anything that i put up um the other thing that was great was um because i had to switch over to using facebook i didn't really use facebook for a couple of years until this summer and i was getting loads of messages from on there from people that i hadn't seen in ages just going this definitely isn't you do you mind if I rip the shit out of them? And I was like, yes, everyone, please go ahead. Screenshot me. And then this, whoever hacked me, they were doing some Bitcoin mining thing. I think a lot of yeah. people got done by, it. unfortunately, some of my friends got duped by the person that got me and, you know, that's, that's how they spread. But um, it was just brilliant. Some of the replies that people were, were giving to them and, and really, I said, please be my guest, go to town, like report them as well. Um, yeah. recently, and then what? the thing is I'm actually from a place in England called Essex where yeah. the stereotype is Like super super fake tan, loads of white blonde hair Like tacky photos too much lip gloss And then this person not only started Posting bitcoin shit But they started posting pictures of someone That looks like that and it looked, everyone's going Sam what have you done um, <laughs> but Yeah great experience Can't wait to recommend it to anyone
3: <laughs> but, but re- Recently though like Because Sam made a a new account and stuff oh, yeah. and everything's back to normal and then the the fake Samantha Loxley it's got wind there. of it and messaged her <laughs> saying like yeah. hey you you cross me I'll pay you gonna <laughs> you're get
4: gonna get <laughs> so like so, yeah. Ooh, I'm scared
3: yeah. um we, we are
4: <laughs> yeah it's still what? up there actually my original um Instagram is Samantha underscore Loxley Please, if anyone wants to go follow it, give them some shit. Tell them to give it back. Actually, no, don't uh, don't give it back. It's quite funny. Uh, but yeah, they're, they're, I, I can't close it. And Instagram are really not very helpful. There's no one to call. So um, even the Ghostbusters. <laughs> my,
0: uh, my sister-in-law recently experienced that. And yeah, Instagram is not helpful at all.
4: No, you, they even make you do these on like your sixth round of trying. They get you to do these um, like face recognition videos where you have to going all the directions. I did that about six times. No one got back to me. I got back into the account twice yeah, you can't and then got them, hacked it? again. Um, yeah, it was, it was a nightmare, but yeah, just, I guess it, it was just, it got to a point where I said like, okay, I'm just going to have to say goodbye to it, which is annoying because yeah. I've got, you know, pictures on there from like 2013 or something. And, yeah. and, you know, pictures from friends and like messages from people that have like sadly aren't with us anymore. That kind of thing, which oh. was, you know, really personal. And I was yeah. like, bitch, just give my account back. Yeah, like Screw you, Samantha underscore Loxley.
0: <laughs> There's so many ways you could go about your scam. Why did you take my name? Yeah, it isn't and do my something name. like
4: Bitcoin, which I clearly have no clue about, because I'm a skin yeah. actress.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, quite another question for you, Samantha, is what is something that you learned as an actress in this performance? that you will take with you into the next
4: um but i'll get i'll get back to me in a second but and in, in terms of continuity i've always been really on it like my, doing myself because um in hosts i got covered in so much blood that and i had to put the same amount on every single day That in this one i was adamant i was like i'm get, staying as clean as possible for as much time as possible because i don't want that stuff going on me again otherwise i think in terms of this performance i think it's um you know, it's always uh, it's not the easiest thing to be super vulnerable on screen, especially if you've got a really emotional scene on your own, and mm. you know, the camera just sees you sitting in your you know, sitting sitting there incredibly like down, depressed, or you know, all imploding. But you see a room full of people, some of them are having lunch in the back, there's all these wires everywhere, it's freezing. Um the, the loo's been blocked for the last day, you know. <laughs> So I think it's, it's always a, a good experience and good practice to have those scenes where you get to be vulnerable on screen and to actually really, really, well, really go, go in for it, um, which is hard to do when they're like more subtle than some of the bigger bigger sort of outbursts of energy. So I just learned that it's, it's always good to keep, like, keep giving yourself that chance to just, yeah, be, be vulnerable in front of the camera. I think I made a point in there somewhere.
0: <laughs> yeah, you did. You did. Uh, vulnerability is always a hard thing to portray because as humans, we, we don't like people seeing our vulnerability. So you're not only having to do it uh, as a human, you're having to do it in a room full of people with cameras on you. So it's very difficult, um, which is why, uh, like, I'm a stage actor. I've done some independent films and yeah. – stuff like that but like they say like you know on the stage vulnerability and subtlety does not translate well mm. because everything has to be much big the people in the back yep. can't I see was gonna say
4: the people in the back <laughs> subtlety and vulnerability
0: so I that's why I like film is because you can see the more subtle things
4: yeah the and the it's, it's not about um you know hogging the the limelight or um one of one of my um drama tutors once said don't wank yourself off in front of camera unless that's actually yeah. in, in the scene description but yeah. don't don't sit there and make it all about you and don't yeah. be selfish with it but you can take the time and share the story mm-hmm. in a more natural way Do, does that make sense
0: yes absolutely absolutely um the, the don't term... make me wank
4: on camera <laughs>
0: <laughs> the term uh over here is um uh, Actors can be masturbatory on camera. Uh, That's what some of the naysayers about the Joker, Joaquin Phoenix as the Joker was, is some people felt that he was too, uh, you know, making it about himself. Um, Mm. But yeah, it's, it's, it's difficult to do what you have to do on camera, but keeping your, your subconscious don't make it about you. That's where the balance is. And and both movies that I've seen of your all's, you all do very well in. It is that
4: being alone in public yes. thing, isn't it? Yes. So. being
0: alone in public. Ugh, it's difficult. Uh, Rich, <laughs> we before we started uh, the episode, we, we had a, a little joke about, you know, without spoiling anything, uh, the police officers in the film
1: well yeah, we joked about because we were on a podcast when we and in in someone was like you should make a a series about these two police officers not solving crimes. <laughs> that was brilliant. And uh yeah, I think I think to get the film that we've made, you've really got to go in just expecting the silliness. And mm. if if you can't accept that and it, um what's the word uh expand your disbelief what's, what's the, the phrase it's something like that ah, but suspension it's the suspension of disbelief yeah it's it's not meant to be taken seriously at all this film and um, there may be people out there that go in and and try and take it seriously of which it it doesn't work that's wasn't the aim and that wasn't the goal because I've already seen one, one review going, these these police officers are terrible. Like, what they, they've written a bad film here. It's like, no, that's the point. It's yeah. like, the, the point of this film is to make you laugh. It's not to be realistic. And most people get that. Like, when we've had the, the, the screenings that we've had, um, we've had a couple of sold-out screenings and 98% of people are in hysterics at those bits with the police officers. And then there's the 1% that goes home and writes fury on the internet about how they don't believe them. And it's like, well, you're not our, you're not our audience then. But that's cool. That's fine. If it's not yeah. for you, This This film was written for us. That's what we said going into it was how far do we want to push this and are people going to buy into this and, and, and all this stuff. And we were like, well, let's write the film we want to write. Let's stop writing for Joe Bloggs down the street or this or that and try and cater to everyone because then you're just going to make an incredibly boring movie Mm -hmm. if we're trying to appease everyone. And so let's just write the film that we want to write. And if people like it, then that's great. If they don't, then that's cool as well. And so that's how we went about with this one.
0: Well, there are tropes in every genre of film and in horror, one of the tropes that you can see in every horror movie is the police force you know trying to figure this thing out trying to save the town or um i mean i I, you could easily say the same thing in Wes craven's movie screams the scream movies the police force is terrible you know they're they're never going to catch this person they're we'll just put a car outside your house that's what
3: someone someone even said to us like it might I can't remember what festival it was but it was after a screening someone was like are you guys trying to kind of make a statement about the either US or UK police force there and we're like you're looking too deep into this man like it's it's a movie like go watch the scary movie films Do you know what I mean yeah. like it's it's a movie like it's yeah. a it's a it's a dark comedy but um that yeah. that made me chuckle. that made us all chuckle I think it's
0: the, <laughs> yeah you have gotten to come across seas to LA for the premiere of this. Uh, Adam, speak to that a little bit. Uh, what was that as a director getting to come to LA?
3: Man, like <laughs> on the build up, me and Rich were like, "What we? What's going on? Like what?" And Neil, like and Sam, all of us, we were like, "Why? Why are a group of chumps like us like?" <laughs> why are we going to la to hollywood <laughs> to witness the world premiere of our film at beyond Fest? what is going on we don't deserve this what the hell's happening you know and there was that that lead up to it and then we were like okay it's happening we got used to it then we got to la we were like what's going on why are we here you know it, it was uh I, I mean for me personally i don't think it's it's sunk in yet even still you know after Two, three weeks of coming back and, and doing everything and uh, doing it. But it was, it was no pun intended. It really was beyond a dream to to do that. And it was amazing to to meet people, to, to sit in that cinema with, you know, 100 120, however many people it was, and and for them to to enjoy it as well. <laughs> and and for us to watch it on the big screen, that was the first time we've watched that film on the big screen as well. And it was really good. It was really special. Obviously, the nerves were there and, and we're, of course, looking for like, OK, what, what flaws can we find in it? But besides that, it was such a cool experience to sit there with a bunch of like minded people like us horror nerds, you know, and yeah. just watch our film. It was really special. And it's something that, that um, it, it's a milestone, I, I mm-hmm. feel like, in, in all our lives to, to certainly mine to, to go and do that. So, yeah, something special, man.
0: Samantha, how was LA?
3: Um,
4: yeah, I mean, I, I can't really add much more to that. It was all just a bit surreal because um, there's so many things that we didn't really think were actually things. And then you'll be driving around LA, and there's that there's that place that's in all the films. Or I felt like I I knew the neighborhoods because they've all been in in the films that we grew up watching. Um, but they're actually real there. I guess it must be the complete opposite for when people come to London and they realize it's the Monopoly board. Um, you know, that, that really weird feeling. Um, but everybody everybody in that town knows so much about film and they, it, you know, when they say theater, they mean cinema. Yeah. So, um, you know, they say they go to the theater and lot. Like, oh, that's interesting. Uh, you mean you saw the uh, film, okay.
0: Not <laughs> the uh, stage, the Hot movies. Wow. Oh
4: yeah, Hot, Hot Pockets. pockets. Oh. <laughs> Was that your first?
0: Hot is that your pockets. first hot pocket?
5: Yeah.
4: Yeah. Whoa.
1: Yeah.
4: Hot <laughs> oh, and the other thing is, I don't think, as, as Brits, I don't think any of us will ever understand the tipping thing. So we just had to ask everybody, what do you want? Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> <Like, laughs> yeah. we, we, it's a very different way of doing yeah. it, like from here. I, I so tipped a yeah. lot.
2: I tipped a hell of a lot. I don't know if I should. <laughs> I don't know. It just felt like I'd get like arrested if I didn't. Can you buy
3: dinner for a couple one night nil
2: um yeah probably (laughs) i'd I'd had too many bourbons i think
1: yeah the hard thing was when you went into like uh like somewhere and there's a price on the menu and like in the uk the price you on the menu is what you pay at the till but they're like no you've got to add tax to that and that's the next amount and then you've got a tip on top of that and i'm like so it's double the amount in yeah. that it says.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Why don't you just say it's that price?
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm,
0: never, I'm an American and I still at 33 can't explain it. I just can't. Uh, Neil, we talked a little bit via social media. Any uh, Did L.A. attract you to possible future moves or anything like that?
6: Yeah, yeah.
2: I mean, I've been acting for nigh on maybe 13, 14 years now, um, doing it over here and some to a high standard, some not. Um, I suppose it's already been a, a goal, always been a goal to get to LA. I think it's the, it's, it's every actor's dream, I suppose. Uh, and I suppose going out there for the first time, not just being a bright eyed actor going, oh, I'm going to go to Hollywood for, two years and see if I can make it the fact that we actually got there off our own merit each and every one of us um from the hard work we put in I think it tasted a lot sweeter while we were out there because um the film had had, had paid for it um we traveled out there for the premiere we got to do all the cool things that you should do when you get to LA which is go meet people do some uh in-person interviews and then presses for the film and literally sit in a room and do like podcast after podcast and interview after interview and, and actually felt like I was actually an actor for once <laughs> and I'd done something worth watching um so yeah I mean a 100% I'd I'd like to um definitely get out of there uh, get out there um at least maybe once a year even if it was for like two or three weeks or go out there for a few months of the year and then come back and um yeah, it's it's definitely to go out there and work on a film would be would be the next um the next thing for me I suppose I'd love to do that I'd love to get out there and and actually work there rather than enjoy LA. And then I suppose that like every place it will get boring after a while so I'd probably want to come back home but um I did enjoy the pool. I didn't enjoy the mosquito bites or whatever was biting us when we were there. Um I enjoyed the steak every morning, steak and eggs. That was uh, big fat chunks of steak from the uh from the shop. I enjoyed uh going out, I enjoyed everything that we all did as a as a little family collective out there. It's uh it's like an extended holiday, but it was yeah, I'll definitely I'll be back. Don't you worry. You won't be able to keep me away from there. <laughs> I want my uh Dodge uh, Challenger as well. Yeah, you know, I want to. I want to hire one of them next time. Yeah, we were driving around in a people carrier, which is cool because we felt like we were being chauffeured everywhere by Adam, who did most of the driving. <laughs> but uh, yeah. yeah, writer, director, chauffeur. <laughs> yeah. Adam does it
0: all. Samantha, were you able to eat much after this? After doing um... this movie, because just watching it. Without spoilers, I I I didn't eat dinner that night.
4: Oh well, I guess like I'm really sorry for you, but like no, I'm no, no, glad no. that it, it, it hit home. <laughs> um, I can
0: I can afford to. to
6: yeah, I mean,
4: here. um, I touched on it before when I was talking about you know having the vulnerable roles and you know um letting all the 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 deep and dark things sort of uh come out as as they were, um, and I think. If you'd have asked me this question like a few years back, it would have really affected me um, to the point where, you know, it it would would have stuck with me for a few days or weeks or whatever afterwards. Um, And obviously I I wasn't exactly a barrel of laughs afterwards. But um, now for me, all my issues regarding all that kind of thing in the film and and in terms of mental health, which the film touches on a lot of different Mm -hmm. avenues of that, um, for me personally, those are all solved, so I could eat quite easily step out of it and, you know, leave it at the door. Um, but I think um, more than anything on set, it was just that we were all knackered. So <laughs> It's like if we if we didn't eat dinner, it's probably because we fell asleep in it.
3: <laughs> Literally. <laughs> yeah. Rolling out, no worries, no cares. When the car came out of nowhere, that's when my whole world changed. Pills for the pain, medical bills insane. Lucky for me, I dialed OEB. Boom! Turn your wreck into a check. The ones for you now call OEB law. Boom! Turn your wreck into a check, we got your back now, call OEV Law Woke up all broke up and messed up Laying there in pain as if it wasn't bad enough Couldn't work much and the bills were piling up Insurance company wasn't paying up I was down, I was out, but I wasn't quite done Call 546-1111 You're in pain, yeah we got you you can't pay yeah we got you too boom turn your wreck into a check the ones for you now call oeb law boom turn your wreck into a check we got your back now call oeb
5: law boom turn your wreck into a check we got your back now call Call oeb law 30 and nerdy podcast is brought to you by tennessee legend distillery established in the summer of 2015 Tennessee Legend Distillery is more than just another moonshine stop in the Smoky Mountains. From our multi-award winning, silky smooth, salted caramel whiskey, to our king snake two-year-old bourbon whiskey, our local favorite vodka, and even our legendary line of cream liqueurs, there is something for everyone. Focusing on a small-town vibe, our family and friend owned and operated business has kept us grounded to the heritage of the Volunteer State with our fun, courteous, and smiling staff. Come in for free tastings and leave with your spirit of choice, whether it be Richard's Damn Good Gin or the legendary Hammershine. You can find us on social media by searching Tennessee Legend Distillery, where you can see behind the scenes features, new deals, and our always fan favorite Thirsty Thursday cocktail recipes. Now, we do have two locations here in Sevierville, one on Highway 66, one on Newport Highway. We also have locations in Cookville and Nashville. If you do visit our Sevierville location located at 870 Winfield Dunn Parkway, tell them the guys at 30 and Nerdy Podcast sent you. You'll receive a free shot glass and 15% off your purchase. What are you waiting for? Come be a legend at Tennessee Legend Distillery. Cheers to you, nerds.
6: 30 Nerdy's presenting sponsor and the home of all of the official 30 Nerdy swag is Advertising Expressions.
0: Juice, what would Superman be without the big S on his shirt?
6: Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And what about Iron Man? What, what if he couldn't slap that Stark Industries logo on everything?
0: You know, Clark and Tony, they probably go to Advertising Expressions, like us, for all their advertising needs. Oh, yeah. And so should you.
6: And when you need your own symbol, like for work, church, school, a a team of super friends maybe, check out Advertising Expressions. They can help you get your name and logo in front of as many people as possible, as often as possible, for as long as possible.
0: That's right. So whether you're a billionaire, playboy, philanthropist, or faster than a speeding bullet... Check out Advertising Expressions at advertising-expressions.com.
6: Or give them a call at 423-586-3270.
0: And tell them the nerds at 30 and Nerdy Podcast sent you.
1: What's up, nerds? This is Rich from the 3 Fat Nerds Podcast,
6: and you're listening to our Council of Nerds Brethren, the 30 and Nerdy Podcast. Of course, when you're done with this awesome podcast, you can check out the Three Fat Nerd Podcast wherever you get great podcasts just by searching Three Fat Nerds. And if you want all your information about what we do over there, you can visit 8122productions.com.
1: Now let's get back to the 30 and Nerdy Podcast.
0: Hi, I'm Devony Pinn, and you are listening to 30 and Nerdy Podcast.
2: So, you want to eat me? Ah! That is exactly what I'm saying. There comes a time in every man's life where he unexpectedly finds himself in a hole. Nothing more than a predator. You came here to die,
5: Jed.
3: You are a count.
5: Say that again. I dare you.
0: Uh, Rich, Adam, uh, both of you, uh, as an effects, from an effects standpoint, what are some things that you maybe had to uh, do in this film that you uh, either previously had no knowledge of or did you have to learn anything new Effects-wise, uh, whether it be organic effects or anything that you had to do in post, or was everything done in the moment? Uh, any any effects notes without giving you know props, scenery, everything like that. Speak to that a little bit.
1: Ninety percent of what you see was done practically and in, in camera. Um, there's a couple of little shots just to help sell it. Um, there's one with a missing finger, and one later on with some missing other bits. There's two main VFX shots, but the rest is, unlike the final moment, mm. was done with visual effects. Um, but most of it was practical or heavily used practical, and just spiced up a little bit or fixed slightly with some visual effects um and yeah we had jojo um davis on set doing all the blood work and she had tubes every which way kind of with this syringe that was like this big and she's just like pushing it so it's just constantly pumping out everywhere and yeah it was it's it was good fun on set when we wanted to catch it practically because we didn't you know, on hosts, I had to literally put in every eyeball and <laughs> on the, on the bodies. And that took a, a long time. And I was like, I don't really want to go there again with this. We need to get as much in the screen as possible.
3: Well, yeah, like Rich said, like literally 90% of it was done practically. But a, a big part of that was Jed. So Chris Mulvin's legs or limbs or arms that you see in the film, again, you know, limbs come off hopefully that's not too much of a spoiler it's a given but um chris went to uh, a friend of my, a guy that i've known this is such a coincidence a guy like a family friend that i virtually grew up with ended up getting into like film and tv stuff and he, he became a prop maker and he messages me out the blue saying dude like you know I, I saw hosts and i think you guys did a great job and i'd love to work with you on on future stuff Are you doing anything and I said, actually, yeah, we need someone to take live casts <laughs> of of this actor's uh arms and legs and fingers and whatnot. So he said, Oh, great, that's what I do, man. That's exactly what I do. So Chris goes around to Adam's place and and he took these, like, I don't know if I'm using the right terminology, but like PVC or or prosthetic stuff and like proper like had dunking his legs in these big buckets and it's
4: an interesting first meeting isn't
3: it? And yeah and like he so he created these like silicon um weighty as well like limbs and intricately s- spray painted them and put all the veins in and stuff so what you see in the film are actually like real like fake versions of Chris Mulvin's uh arms and legs wow. um he also made a prop fish as well. Oh, yeah. uh, for a, we had to use a stunt fish for a couple of the uh, <laughs> scenes, which kind of is a good place for me to say right here: um, no fish were harmed in the making of this movie. For any <laughs> for any, um, uh, any animal pita. lovers out there, any Peter people um, out there, yeah. <laughs> um, but we we were we were very uh, adamant on that. But yeah, it, yeah, but yeah, the other ten percent that that was you know done uh, like visual effects wise, you know, props to. to Oh, props to rich yeah. props, prop, props to rich man because uh rich uh he is a, a a genius not only you know behind the camera on set and as a director on set but also as a, a visual effects artist. he's just ridiculous man he, yeah so yeah visual yeah, effects uh, that was rich the oh. reason i asked
0: that is because oh. you can't tell like in a lot of especially in horror and and comic book films and stuff like that, you can tell what's real and you can tell what's visually added at the end. I couldn't in this movie. That's why I asked that question is because I was like, God, are they really cutting this poor guy?
1: Well, there's there's one trick that we used and that was for some of it, we used real flesh. So we got, we went down to the butchers and got a couple of choice meats. And so like, there's a bit, with an arm the actual stump that he's carving into is real meat kind of in the end of the arm so that's what makes it look so real is that you got this prosthetic arm with real meat hanging out the end that he's carving up and that's I think where people are getting a bit like wow like this yeah this is I was I was afraid that really well.
0: some poor key grip or something and like <laughs> pissed at <Adam laughs> off or, or something it's, like that. It's a a, like,
3: Fine, it's, we'll use your arm. It's a pig shoulder, it was a pig shoulder that we got from a, a very famous London market at two, three in the morning. Cause they only open overnight and it's where all like the uh, restaurant, like suppliers and all that kind of go to get their meat. So good quality meat that sadly we, uh, we didn't get to eat, but we did get some, uh, uh, I think it was eight like pork medallion things that we mm. used for, um, when Neil does his, like, eating of, of stuff and whatever, and, and we oh, did yeah. get those. Yeah. and uh, But I think Neil got to eat most of them, unfortunately. Well, fortunately for him, unfortunately <laughs> for us. We didn't. But, uh, yeah, some of them coated in a little bit of fake blood, which tastes quite nice. It's,
4: yeah, it's like, right. a sticky, like a sticky glaze. It's like a syrup,
2: yeah. <laughs> Raspberry coolers. <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> uh,
0: this has been fantastic. Um, you all are always welcome even if you don't have a project in the works just to talk horror Um, my last question to all of you all and we'll start with rich is what is it about horror that keeps people coming back
1: for more i think it's um to me it's always been it's the easiest emotion to pluck if you know what i mean and I, i know that could come come across as like lazy because like dramas and stuff to get real like emotion of getting people to cry emotionally and stuff is a harder thing to do on screen. But horror is quite easy because it's quite easy to discuss people. But I think I've always compared, because my, my family is like quite Christian and they're like, why are you even doing these films? Like they won't watch any of it. And the way I explain it to them is like, it's the same as going to a theme park. Like y- you go on the rides because it scares you because there's always that fear that something would go wrong or this or that, but that's that's the joy of it, and it's that it's not that you watch this because you love torture or any of that. It's it's the the emotion of the thrill of being scared and or it's that kind of I dare you to do dare you to watch this or dare do you know what I mean? It's that kind of thing. It's not like always found this growing up. It's like what's wrong with these directors? What's wrong with Eli Roth? And something I found really interesting about. I watched a documentary on what makes a psychopath and there's certain brain, um, the way a brain develops that they found in most psychopaths. And they did a test on Eli Roth and he got his brain scanned. And the interesting thing is they said he's an anti-psychopath. He's the complete opposite. And the reason he makes the films is because it's what scares him and it's kind of a way for him to deal with his fears is to actually reproduce it and make light of it. Do you know what I mean? And, And that's kind of where I... I come from with it, I think. And like, it's easy to look at people who make films like this and go, oh, you're, you're weird. And you're like, you must be really into that or find that that, that there's joy in death and stuff. But it's not that at all. It's, it's that kind of morbid curiosity that you get when you go to like a theme park. That's how I've always kind of compared it.
2: Neil? Um, I suppose... The the main reason I've always thought that people keep going back to it is it's that fear of the unknown. It's like I'd say 80% or maybe 70% of the population are sane to a degree. Uh, And when you, you hear of stories like the Armand Muse story or, or, or these kind of stories, the ones that uh, Rich and Adam are telling is that we don't know what it's like to be those people so it's a curiosity of what would it be like and why do I find this so like watchable why do I want to watch uh six eight episodes of Jeffrey Dahmer like it's because you're intrigued as to how they tick and you know yourself that you wouldn't do anything like that so you kind of want to know why they will and no one will truly truly know why people do what they do unless you're that person even then you probably don't know what you're doing if you're doing those kind of things so I think it's just that it's that fear of the unknown and and just not knowing <clears throat> what 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 you would do in those kind of situations. Everyone watches a, a slasher and goes, "Don't go in that room! Don't go in that! Don't! What are you doing? Are oh, you? Oh, for God's sake!" But you kind of do, you, <laughs> even because you know it's not real in real life. You know someone's not going to uh, the boogeyman isn't going to come out and get you, but you still walk into that really dark room and and for that adrenaline, like Rich says with the theme parks, but we kind of like to sort of spectate on other people and go, why are they doing that? Or why would they do that? And that's why um, crime thriller, crime dramas and and crime documentaries are so popular because people want to know how these people are ticking because it's so far removed from themselves. So I think that's kind of why you go back to horror each time.
0: Yeah. I've always joked and said that I have, I have digested almost all the zombie IP you can have. So if an apocalypse were to ever happen, I'm someone you'd want to be with. Uh, but in truth, I'm like, I'd probably be like, oh God, oh God, oh God. <laughs> you know, uh, Samantha, what is it about horror that maybe not others, but what keeps you coming back?
4: Well, I guess, um, well, me, but in general, I think um, as well as what these guys have said, I think compared to other genres, everybody can identify with it because Everybody at some stage has felt terror or felt scared or at least been frightened by something or had a jump scare because we just have as as um, conscious beings. We're aware of our surroundings. Therefore, it's always happened. Whereas, you know, something like a romance story, some people might say, oh, you know, that's too soppy or they've never been in love before. Or some people don't get a thrill from an action film because they don't like the idea of running through a jungle and shooting stuff. Um, but everyone can relate to horror so much, even if they're not a huge fan. It's in, again, it's, it's intriguing because it's all like, oh, what's, what's, what's going on here? Because they, they can identify with it. Plus what the other two said, because those were really good answers.
7: <laughs> um.
3: <laughs> um, I think, I think it's, it's extreme, you know, and it, it's kind of like on a parallel to extreme music which I think we're all into, you know, and, and there seems to be, and we were talking about it actually when we were out in LA with, with someone else and that there seems to be this parallel between extreme music, i.e. the metal community and horror. Um, it's not to say other people don't or can't like it because they do, but there's there's the majority seems to be that, that link between extreme music and, and, and horror, which interestingly... From my experience, like being all of us, to be honest, being within the the, the metal scene and stuff, growing up in it and whatever, our, the metal scene, scene and horror fans seem to be more empathetic than than a lot of people, um, and the nicest it can be the nicest group of people that that you ever meet. And I think it does tie back into that, like complete opposite end of the spectrum. Not you know, not being sick, twisted, fucked up people. It's that element of fascination um that's certainly what it is for me uh, at least like i'm so fascinated in the the whole psychopath and and psychological side of it that yeah it's fun to watch a slasher it's fun to watch a freddy film and whatever and 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 it is you know i I grew up on that kind of stuff but like to see to, to to look at someone and try and try and understand the mind of someone that is so far removed from who you are is interesting like we like watching stuff we're nosy we're we're nosy as humans we're interested in other things and uh the whole thing is just fascinating and because it doesn't happen often or sadly in in the cases where it does happen to people it, it does happen but because it's so rare it's kind of fun to sit in a safe place and watch something that isn't safe you know and uh one thing i personally like to try and do i'm always on the hunt for a film a horror film that scares the shit out of me which i find really hard to do because there, there's a certain i don't know man maybe i'm picky or like with my vape juice like i'm, I'm very like there's only one for me you yeah know? it's really it's really hard to please me like it's it, like to find something that really resonates and i think there's a fine balance between doing something scary in the right way and not just jump scary kind of scary but with drama as well with a story and, and to be able to relate the horror of grief or whatever it is being the main thing like splashed with a a surface topping of fun, gory, crazy shit that Mm. is entertaining to watch. Um, That's what I like anyway.
0: I've always said that there's nothing quite like the feeling of fear because Mm. in a lot of, you know, whether it's a zombie IP or a group versus a monster of some sort, fear really shows who the true human is. And at the end of the day, we are scarier than the monsters on television. So, and a lot of that is because fear drives us. Fear can can screw up the kindest of human beings. It really can.
3: Absolutely.
0: Adam, Where, when and where can people find Feed Me?
3: If you are in the United States or Canada, then Feed Me is out digitally on amazon prime and uh, itunes or uh, apple movies apple tv um on the 27th of october this year download it stream it check it out um you know let's hit some record numbers so that we can buy every single person that watches it a drink but i didn't put that in writing so just <laughs> yeah
0: no contracts yeah, yeah. This has been fantastic, guys. Thank you so much for joining us again. Uh, I hope it is not thank too you long before you all <laughs> uh, I,
6: yeah,
0: Thank uh, you so much. It's guys. been too long. But uh, we will definitely have you back on, uh, especially, you know, with anything you have in the future, anytime, and even if you don't have a project. Like I said, I just love talking to you guys. So
4: you should make, We should make Feed Me the video game. Then we can come on and talk about that.
0: An open world... <laughs> cannibal game
3: flesh hunt yes
0: (laughs) flesh hunt yes set it up like uh grand theft auto or something (laughs) (laughs) thank you guys so much and thank Thank you you,
4: thank you dude
0: and thank you all for listening nerds and nerdettes stay classy be kind to yourselves be kind to one another go see feed me when it comes out and as always cheers to you
7: Nobody loved pop culture more So they started a podcast to talk all about it and 30 and nerdy was born Oh 30 and nerdy was born You might hear them chat about shows like the Witcher or movies like Lord of the Rings and if Josh has to choose, he is loyal to Marvel, while Tyler goes more for DC. Yes, Tyler goes more for DC. Now come, come, one and all, nerd up or shut up, just answer the call to be part of our journey into magical world. Join us and cheers to ya nerds Join us and cheers to ya nerds